Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Thanks for listening to Creative Control. Uh, While I have you here, please consider supporting Youth Empowerment and Support Services, otherwise known as YES. Based in Edmonton, Alberta, YES provides immediate and low-barrier overnight and day shelter, temporary supportive housing, and individualized wraparound supports for young people aged 15 to 24. They work collaboratively within a network of care focused on the prevention of youth homelessness by providing youth with the necessary supports to stabilize their housing, improve their well-being, build life skills, connect with community, and avoid re-entry into homelessness. Learn more about how to donate or otherwise support YES by visiting YESS.org. This is Dmitry Samarov from Chicago, Illinois. And I love listening to Vishkana's Creative Control because whether he's talking to a favorite musician or actor of mine or someone I've never heard of, it's as if he's introducing me to a new friend. And the way things are going, couldn't you use a new friend? Listen now. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash creative control today. Lou Barlow is a prolific and hugely influential musician currently based just outside of Amherst, Massachusetts. An active member of Dinosaur Jr. and Sebado, Barlow is also a busy solo artist whose excellent and heartfelt new album arrived on May 28, 2021 via Joyful Noise. It's called Reason to Live, and Lou returned to this show to discuss things like pandemic haircuts and the beard tax, stories about the writing and recording of some of the 17 songs on Reason to Live. Johnny Ramone as a guitar player and Lou's own strumming styles, how much he misses California, writing with compassion about American politicians, Jay Mascus and the Jay Mascus drum parts on Lou's songs on the latest Dinosaur Jr. album, Sweep It Into Space, the kids' soundtrack and some breaking news about Lou's old band, The Folk Implosion, Future Plans, and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations, 
at patreon.com slash creativecontrol with additional support from Blackbird Music, a well-stocked record store with locations in Edmonton and Calgary and friendly staff who will happily help you source special orders for hard-to-find titles or even easier-to-find titles like Reason to Live by Lou Barlow, for example, just as, as an example. You can learn more about all of this at their website, blackbird.ca. Also, Massey Hall's concert film series, live at masseyhall.com, where you can stream dozens of 30-minute films for free, including performances by past podcast guests like Chad Van Galen, plus in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, this is the 614th episode of Creative Control, featuring the lovely and talented Lou Barlow, with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hi, Lou. How are you? I'm okay. I'm fine, too. Thanks for asking. Well, how come you're not asking me how I'm doing? I made a Canadian politeness effort. You know, how are you? You say, I'm fine? See, now I can't can't see you. I really liked being able to see you. Oh, yeah. We were were just on another interface where we could see each other. Yeah. But for the sake of sonic fidelity, I've switched us over to something else. I find find you, you, you... I like your face. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, like I just your, like your. I like your face. I appreciate that. I like your face as well. I, I always have. I've liked it since I was a little boy. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No. I. I know. It's weird. We can't see each other, but maybe we can switch back to the other thing later if you want. I just. For the sake of oh, things no. sounding good, I, I thought no, this would be a, a way cool. to no. go. No, that makes okay. me that makes me feel a little pathetic. Oh, like actually, <laughs> you know what I can do? Hey, hang on a second. Let's do this. <laughs> I'm going to click on video and see if you can see me now. Can you see me? Oh, wait a second. Oh, wait. now it's calling you. It's oh, calling no. you for the other thing. Can you? Wait, can wait, wait, you, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Oh no! Wait. Accept. Can you accept the call and still see me? Yeah, there. Can you see me? Oh no! I turned my yeah. camera off. Hang on a second. <laughs> there I am. There, there you I am. are. I like <laughs> see, this that. is better. Now we can see each other. Sorry see, about I that. Was, I was really enjoying your new beard. That yeah, my... <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. As I'm speaking to you, Lou, I uh, uh, tomorrow I'm scheduled for my first dose of the vaccine. Have you been vaccinated? I have been. Today is my. Today marks my uh, second week from my second dose. So second dose. Now, did you have any ill effects from the doses? I don't think so. I guess I had a headache, but I I have a headache all the time anyway. So That's, I mean, I was thinking the exact same thing today. <laughs> I was like, I, when, what, how am I going to know if it's the real headache or not? But I've heard I have to get the AstraZeneca one because that's all that's available oh. to my age group here. And uh, okay. And we're, oh, did you know I live in Edmonton, Alberta now? No, I we moved. We our family moved in January of 2020. You and I know each other. Actually, speaking of my nice face. The first time we met uh, was uh, we really formally met. We're, we were on the streets of Calgary for Sled Island. Do you remember that? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We were just—I saw you on the street. And I was like Lou, and then you didn't yeah. know who I was, but we had a nice little chat, and then yeah. uh, became friends. I'd say after that, because then <laughs> then we'd see each other in Ontario, where I used to live. And so, mm-hmm. anyway, it's, it's nice to, we have this Alberta connection. Is all I'm saying, which is which is fun. So, so, Ed, so you're in Edmonton. That's pretty okay. 
Yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty remote. It's very it's quite remote. My fam my wife's family is from here, so okay, we moved and then we both got jobs, so we're working and everything's fine. But yeah, we, the vaccine rollout has been complicated, and so we we that's uh, what I hear. Yeah, yeah. So we got the va- I got the, um, tomorrow as I'm speaking to you, I get the vaccine, and this has been a pandemic beard, and I kind of told yeah. myself like I've had it since March of 2020 or something. I told myself mm-hmm. if things started to feel a bit normal. I would shave. And so I was thinking tomorrow I might shave. So you're seeing the oh. beard in all its glory. And I don't know what's going to happen. I might chicken this is out. Like the last, this is the last day of that glorious beard. Do you think I should, <laughs> do you think I should keep it? I got a very uh, harsh texture. Well, I don't know. My mother is not happy. My parents are not happy. So they want I mean, me to get rid of it. It's a little trendy, I suppose. Is it trendy? You... <laughs> Have you ever you yeah you've got a beard right now, uh, but it's my beard is my beard's short. I don't do the but the, I'm just saying the long scraggly beard is is a little on the trendy side. Is That's it? All. I didn't know that. I didn't know it was. I just I just to me because I have a friend who's like, why don't you groom it? You know, put on a guard on the and I'm like, I can't. That seems more vain. I either want everything or nothing. That's I like. Well, that's fine. But Beesh, but you yeah. you're trimming your beard. You're cutting it, and it's. Are you- I do. I don't like a. I, my wife likes beards, and I like. I have a skin condition, so I like oh. how much it covers up my face. I see. Okay, but have you ever had so, the the like down to your no, I, chest? No, I don't. I can't make it that far. It's too annoying. Mine, <laughs> my beard. It's it's too like it's too it's like really curly, and it gets up my nose. Yeah, and it gets in my you know grows into my mouth, and and I don't you know. So I like to keep it kind of natural, but I like to keep it short. Right. And you've had long hair for a f- how long have you had your you've been keeping your hair long as I have. No one's even commenting on my hair. Look how long my well, hair is. I, it's also very I, long. D- yes, I guess I guess it is long and it looks great. <laughs> well, I appreciate I appreciate that. It's my nice face. It compliments my nice face. But my, I think it, it works for you. You've also so. been sporting long hair for what? I don't know. I mean, I when I first encountered you, you had short hair. You had trendy, trendy mop top. I mean, I guess it, it actually, I started really growing my hair long and growing my beard like when my life changed, you know. When when was that? You know, when when did your life change? My life changed in 2012. And and how would you characterize the change? Uh, I separated from my first wife. Ah, okay. Hmm. So, yeah. So, so I think before that, I felt like my hair was uh, unruly. I was always trying to control it. I was trying to control a lot of parts of myself, I guess. And then my wife now, who was a very good friend of mine, uh, anyway, when we got together, she was just like, let it go, baby. I'm like, okay. <laughs> that was just, she was, she was just giving you the license to be yourself on she some was. level. Yeah. She was, because then I just embraced my, because my hair is just sort of curly and long. I hate shaving. I hate it too. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, it's so. funny you say that because I started growing my hair when I lost a job, like a job I really liked. I lost it oh. in 2013, and then I got a new job. I, I you know, I, I I cut my hair in a conventional manner uh, mm-hmm. to get the job that I got. And then when I realized mm-hmm. it didn't matter, no one was going to tell me anything. I mm-hmm. also let everything go, so to speak. And I think that's where my parents right. are coming from. And I have a better job. And now I even have a better job. And we're working from home. Cool. No one can see me. So I'm like, what's the point? What's the point of, like, <laughs> grooming? I'm also married. I don't need to impress yeah. anyone. 
<laughs> so do you think well, there's some something like your life changed, my life changed? What does that have mm-hmm. to do with hair? It's interesting that our hair is a, is a signifier of change and and maybe not not a care in the world. Well, I think if historically, though, if you look, I mean, I don't know anything about history, really. But there's a few, there's a few things that I've noted along the way about history. As I think there was, and maybe it was in Russia at some point, there was something called a beard tax. Oh, yes, I've heard so of this. If you, have you heard of this beard tax? This is one of the few things, <laughs> one of the few bits of knowledge that I, as a not of a, I never went to college, barely made it out of high school, but it's one of the few, like, <laughs> things that I've, you know, sort of retained is that there was a beard tax. And that always struck me as like, wow, beards are interesting. (laughs) Like, what an interesting thing. And then I knew and when my my dad used to, he used to grow a beard periodically. Then when he would shave it and come home after, you know, going to the barber and getting it shaved, I I would cry. You know, like, where did where did my dad go? (laughs) (laughs) Who is this stranger in my house? (laughs) And, uh, so the beard does have a certain thing. And then when I look back on my history, it's like when I see like old pictures of Dinosaur Jr. where I really grew my hair out, I was like, that looked cool. Yeah. I should just do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then I, I actually embraced my curly hair. I spent so much of my life controlling my curly hair because it just, I don't know. I just, I thought it was like not an attribute. I thought it would, I thought that it was working against me. No, it looks, and, it looks great. It suits your nice face, if I might say. You look fantastic. I think we both... We can both agree we look good, no matter what. <laughs> Aesthetically, no one can fuck with us. We look pretty good, is all I'm saying. So, you know, it's funny you said the thing about your dad and his, when he shaved, because my daughter is obsessed with the beard. She calls it Beardy oh. and was making me... She, yeah, it looks, like, it looks like a child's pet, in a it's way. It's funny you say Actually. that, because when I shave it, she's asked me to harvest the hair and put it in a bag so she can pet it and keep Beardy in her room. And I think if she's a witch or something, potentially create a potion <laughs> and I might be in trouble. You know, if I ever like go to your room, she'll be up there, you know, <laughs> I'm going to make a potion and vex you, Papa. And so anyway, it is. Wow. I'm, I'm very paranoid. It's a paranoid time. And, and that segues <laughs> into, uh, you know, obviously I want to talk about your album, okay. uh, Reason to Live, which is wonderful. By the way, congratulations. I, I've Thanks, had it on. Really? It's so great. It's really? so, so like great. Do you like it? I mean. <laughs> I really, really like it. It's uh, okay. I like everything about it. I want to ask you more about it, but because mm. we're talking about wild times, mm. I do need to ask you about what this wild time has been like for you, and whether you can characterize it. My understanding of the songs is that I think most of them were uh, written prior to the lockdown. Is that correct? I guess yeah, most of them. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. I I don't know how much of uh, pandemic times are reflected on these songs. And I want to get to that in a moment. But just generally, since the lockdown and, you know, this very, very strange period in in our time, in our Mm -hmm. lifetimes, uh, how would you characterize the last year and a bit now? Uh, How has it been for you? Because you're a road dog. I know you like to tour and travel. Haven't been able to do that. What's it been like for you to be sort of grounded and, and at home? Revelatory? That's a good word. Can yeah, ex- I just thought of it. You were you were saying that, and I was like, "Wow, some a word just popped into my head." <laughs> it starts with an R and it ends with a Y. <laughs> revelatory is a good word. I've I've yeah. heard that from people. They've learned a lot about themselves. What what about yeah. it? It's been revelatory for you. 
Well, some of it is like far too personal to to divulge. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, I don't know. I almost I can't describe it. I guess I guess being being home, you know, being home for an extended period of time. So, for instance, like I've I've spent the last over a year with my children. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, I do split time. My two oldest do split time between my house and my my ex's house, but she lives only a mile away. So. Okay. So. It's been really interesting and and challenging in some ways. I, I like I said, it's it's hard. It's such so, so much of it is so personal that I. It's like I, I mean, I I'd, I'd love to talk about it, but I I can't. It's like I I can't. And I, I don't know. I, there's just so many. I've I had to, I've, yeah. I've had to really face a lot of like I had to really face a lot of my uh, insecurities as well and my mm. paranoia. I had to really like I had to face like things in myself that that I probably have been able to run away from because I, my life, my, my scenery changes, you know, my, for my entire adult life, my scenery changed, you know, every three to four weeks, you know, if I was lucky, you know, you know, everything would change. So, and when your scenery changes, you know, that's, you can, you just go into a new, a different, for me, I guess I would just go into a different mode. You know, I, you know, I'm always in contact with my wife and my family through something like Facebook, but, um, or not Facebook, but through, uh, Social media, face, face, FaceTime. Oh, or FaceTime. FaceTime. I'm oh. just saying, like, literally, my wife. We FaceTime hours and hours every day when I'm on tour. But anyway, like, our relationship, like, I mean, we've already got a pretty intense relationship, but it deepened, you know, really deepened yeah. um, in a pretty spectacular way. Um, but then also at the same time, we were like, what was amazing is like to become so close to each other, but then have to. <laughs> we were. <laughs> We were also separated because our children were with us like all the time, right. you know. So, I mean, what a, it was such an incredibly like like this purgatory of uh, of just becoming so close to someone and so and then but but being just having this almost infor- as if we were both in these like these these uh, cells next to each other. Right. I mean, fantastic. So, I mean, I, I mean, just not fantastic, but just just bizarre, you know. And then uh, so. We both developed through the pandemic. We both automatically, both of us would wake up totally on our, you know, our own clock. We'd wake up at about one thirty every night. And then she, we have a five-year-old, so she still shares the bed. I mean, she was four during the, the pandemic, actually three. She began at the age of three. So my wife, you know, splits time between uh, her bed and our bed, you know, but she would come in like one thirty, you know, generally every night and... Uh, we would just sit in bed and we would talk and we still do actually uh, for, you know, two to three hours every night because it was the only time that we had alone. Yeah. You know, and the only time that we and with, there was just so many things that we needed, so many things that I needed to sort out in my brain and so many things that we needed to sort out about ourselves in order to uh, to like sort of face and and uh, negotiate this these restrictions being imposed on us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I've, it was so, yeah, revelatory. I mean, I mean, I guess today's been kind of an emotional day anyway, but I, I yeah, I almost, I almost kind of cry thinking about it. It's, it's just been really, really hard, but then also, you know, really kind of amazing. Yeah, uh, I agree with everything you're saying. I'm sorry. Uh, I appreciate your candor as well, and, and and I also appreciate your uh, your boundaries. Like I will say, like to say, like I can't even talk about it, but then to talk about it a little bit is is helpful. Yeah, you know. I mean, I, I think that's helpful for those listening who are experiencing that same nebulous. What is yeah. this feeling? 
Because I will say, I will say from my own perspective, so we moved uh, from Ontario to Edmonton, uh, from Guelph to Edmonton mm-hmm. in January 2020, and then the Whoa. kids started. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the kids started school. You know, they were really like, oh, okay, if we have to move, and, you know, they're going to miss their friends and all that stuff, and mm-hmm. we miss our friends. But they got into school, made some friends in between January and, like, March, mid-March. Then everything got shut down. And so, mm-hmm. and we we made the choice not to send them back in September because okay. I thought because there was a virtual schooling option. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know what? I think the numbers are going to climb up. It doesn't feel right. And I was right. sadly, I think I was correct. Mm-hmm. So they we have been in the same house twenty four seven. Luckily, mm-hmm. it's a nice, it's a bigger house than the one we had in Guelph. Mm-hmm. And my son always says, "It's good we're not in the old house." Because yeah. <laughs> it'd be too small. Like it was a two bedroom. This is larger. Oh so, yeah. So we're all in the same place all the time and uh i will say i i used to think this before the pandemic i feel like you learn a lot about yourself through your children oh yeah uh, because they're little reflections of you good and good and bad good and bad you learn like you know why is this kid being so selfish and angry oh wait i i I can be like that you know and so yeah when you talk about profound impact on you about being around you know being with your wife but being with your kids are you seeing yourselves more in them, in your children or in your family? Because that's what I've got. I'm like, oh, I'm seeing myself more in these people now that I'm around them all the time. And that's both good and bad. Yeah, Do you I, have a bit of I'm, that? I'm struggling to find like an exact parallel. <laughs> like I'm yeah, yeah. Um, well, I will say also like you've been you're usually on the road. How? What percentage of the year, if it was normal uh, between uh, yourself, Dinosaur Jr., whatever else you've got going on? What percentage of the time would you say in a given year you're away uh, on the road? Do you can you put a number on that? Uh, <laughs> it's a math I question. <laughs> well, I kind of don't. I don't think about it because I never want to think about it. I guess. Yeah. I I never want to think about how long I'm away. Well, I, all I'm getting at is you. You have a very unique vocation. You are away so much. I mean, fifth probably at least. 50 yeah I 50 i was gonna say 50 60 percent depending on yeah, album release and stuff like that at least 50 i guess you also have the experience of there's times you're not on the road at all because you've got no record out or something right like there's a yeah 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 anyway there all this, is there yeah. there is but it but yeah i fill it with other things yeah I, guess I, I have to i have to i mean I'm, i i actually just i did i i have to I just feel like as a working musician, you might get you might have a different culture shock about having to stay home against your will (laughs) and be around your family. Like that's a negotiation, right? Like we're not always around each other this much and uh, we all have to get used to that. Um, But you in particular, as a musician, I talked to my friend uh, Damien Rogers. She's married to Mike Belitsky of the Sadies. The Sadies tour like mad 200 days of the year, probably, I would think. Wow. She's like, this is amazing. Like, he's home. We They have a child. And so the, mm-hmm. he just hangs out with his, just like you probably. Like, I hang out with my kids all the time. And mm-hmm. it's pretty great. But yeah. and on, the, on that level, on a familial level, it's great. But I imagine you have the, like, was it difficult to go from, like, I'm always on the road and away to now I'm just, uh, I'm dad. I'm dad all the time. Like, was that weird for you? No. That's good. <laughs> that's uh, that's <laughs> healthy. That's good. No. Okay. I, I, I mean, I, 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 I'm very domestic. Yeah. Do you, I don't know. have you been writing in this time? Do you write and record? Um, I've been recording a ton. I've been doing 
you know, my wife and I were doing these kind of holiday specials on for YouTube and um, I was finishing up my subscriber series and I was finishing up my solo record. Um, the solo record was kind of finished, you know, in the fall of 2020. So, oh, okay. But as far as writing, writing, I mean, I did finish a couple of songs. Like, for instance, I finished a song called Clouded Age. It's on the record. It's like, but it, the thing about that song is like, it, I mean, to finish a song during this particular time, like, that song is a very in, intense song for me, I guess, because I, it was, it was actually a song that I started writing in um, 1998 and it was kind of it was just I'll just I don't know full disclosure I'll just tell you about it is that <laughs> I began the song I began the song because I was at a very critic I was at a very difficult point in my first marriage and mm. and when I began the song I knew that it had to be about my first marriage and I knew that it had to talk about what was happening but then I knew that I couldn't possibly finish the song because it was just too heavy really it was it was too heavy it was it was leading to a conclusion that i didn't want to be led to you know it was like the first line of the song was the life i was hiding in fell away and i'm like when i brought that up in 1998 i was still many years from resolving what that song was about but the first line just brought up a very a very intense thing and and sometimes songs do that to me they they kind of present themselves to me and it's like you know it's not like hey i'm going to slip into character and finish this song <laughs> it's like sometimes it's it's i mean oftentimes for me it's like this song is presenting a challenge and it's it's uh and my life has to finish it uh so this song sat in my brain you know on the shelf for years and years and years and then i hit the lowest, my absolute lowest point during the pandemic, when I felt the most claustrophobic, the most paranoid, I just felt a sense of like sorrow and confusion inside of myself. And I, for some reason, I, well, not for some reason, but I, I guess when I came to this point where I would just, I was, I was really contemplating, contemplating my own like mental health, you know, I'm like, wow, I'm actually, I'm, I have things in me that are uh, that could be classified as mental illness. You know, this is like very intense. And I was trying to just sort of hold on by my fingernails day by day. And it was a beautiful summer, but I was experiencing this incredible darkness. And I realized that I had to finish this song. Huh. So it was hmm. crazy. Like in the middle of the night, I just realized like I had I had to go in and actually address. I had to go in and finish this song that I began in 1998. Can you just characterize what that? So you mentioned the fact that in 1998 you started writing this song and you wrote that first line. And I don't mean to do a callback to the word revelatory, but mm -hmm. it sounds to me like you started writing it and realized something about yourself and your situation. What state was it in when you woke up in the middle of the night in the summer of, what, 2021? Uh, or tw No, sorry, 2020. Sorry, I'm sorry. I don't even know what yeah, year it is. It, 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 was just a, it was just a verse. Oh, okay. It was a verse away and from it being was a done. Verse, and it was a verse. It was a verse. It, there, was an there was sort of an, instru uh, an instrumental lead into the... Actually, I had the chorus, the ver a verse and a chorus. 
Yeah, I had a verse and a part of a chorus. Because actually through the years, little parts of the song would come too. So I actually had a first line for the chorus that kind of came to me later. I guess I wonder, like, for someone who, on the on the face of it, you've all, well, you are. You're a very prolific songwriter, and, you know, you have all this material. How many songs do you have kicking around in a state like this where they're not quite done, but one of them can wake you up at night? Yeah. To be like, finish me. <laughs> Do you have a lot of these things catalog? Like 1998, that seems so random. Most people would either, you know, a few years later, it would show up finally on a record or they would abandon it. But something about this one was speaking to you. Do you have a lot of material like that? I guess I do. I don't yeah. I don't really sit down and try to fit. I mean, I finished a lot. I Actually, this uh, Reason to Live, I, I, I really actually... I finished songs that I started in 1982 for this record. <laughs> I, I saw that, and I wanted to ask about that. You're jumping yeah. around. Like, What was it about Reason to Live and this moment in time? I guess maybe it's obvious. I, I asked this well, people. It, has, this... it also, I mean, what it, I mean, honestly, it has to do with the project that the, the album began with, which was a subscriber series that I did for Joyful Oh, Wars. right. And that, right. Started, that started in 2019. So that started okay. in, that started in, pretty much the late spring of 2019. So I was, what I was meant to do was create content every month, you know, like a a new release every month, which could be like, which basically what it boiled down to was like one month would be like an archival cassette, you know, like where I would go back and listen to all these old cassettes and, you know, dat tapes and CDRs and stuff and, and collect these enough material for like a, you know, half hour, 45 minute cassette. Yeah. So in the process of going in and doing that, it, I also like was also stirring up all these old unfinished things that I had done. But one of my one of the first thing that I did, I mean, it was kind of cool too because it, it it sort of I had a working cassette player, so I was actually going in and I, I was like, you know, I'm going to digitize all of my earliest recordings, and these are things that I made on portable tape recorders when I was 13, 14 years old. You know, I mean, I had things actually on those old, you know eight track tapes, the kachunk, you know, those big, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, did, I actually archived those. I mean, when I was first making them, I was recording them onto those kind of tapes. So I, I, so anyway, I was just, but there are, there were melodies that were there that I've never forgotten about. So I just thought, well, for the subscriber series, what I would do, the first, the first part of the subscriber series was, was a song, was this song over you, the first song that I did, which is one of the first things that I'd ever written, really. I mean, the first melodies and sort of idea that I'd never finish. But anyway, the, the point being that like every, every quarter I would come up with like three, at least three or four new songs. And, Mm. and it had to be quick and it had to be like, I couldn't like sit around and, oh, that's pretty good. You know, I, I was just like, I had to it was kind of like the old days, like, like, oh, so-and-so wants an EP. I'm going to throw that together. You know, it's fun. <laughs> you know, it's just like an old, it was like the old day it, again to. Well, was there something about the subscriber series that, I mean, that's pressure, right? To create content or whatever, yeah. to create music yeah. on a timeline like that. So mm-hmm. was there, so the subscriber series spurred you into, oh shit, I got to write songs. Wait a minute. I have old songs I haven't really revisited in a long time or finished. Was yeah, it a I mean, way I have, to relieve the pressure a little bit? Well, it actually was kind of a relief, too, because I have so many... I, the things that I remember that I want to finish are like a joy to me. You know, yeah. It's like, wow, I just love... I love finishing songs. And if, if something has actually stayed in my brain for that long, I know it's good. You know, I mean, I yeah. know... It's good for me, anyway. You know, I, I know that, like, 
inside of that nugget of melody and I, or those maybe a line or two, I know in, inside of that, if I was able to give in time to expand it, that it, it'll open up, you know, it'll open up memories and it'll open up, you know, revelations for lack of a better word. That's the word of the day. Yeah. Revelatory you know, though, revelations. I, I tend yeah. to really, once I latch on to a word, I really drive no, but it into the ground. I think, I think maybe... Uh, you work this way. I think your songs, they come from you, and I'm pointing at my brain, which you is are, meant yeah. to be your brain. <laughs> they come from you. I'll point to your heart as well. So they come from yeah. you, but they're teaching you about you, and it's it's bizarre. It's almost eerie, right? You'll write a song and be like, wait a minute, or you'll start to write a song in this case. Like in the, in the case of uh, the song you were describing, Clouded Age, I'm mm-hmm. sure you were kind of unconsciously writing and then by the end, you're like, oh, this is actually telling me something about myself and my life right now. Is that often mm-hmm. the case for you with songwriting? I mean, is that is that one of yeah. the is that one of the reasons you do it? Because you're in the. Oh, yeah. OK, you're you're some people aren't self-aware about what their songs are telling them about themselves. You know what I mean? Um, but it seems to no, me you I, are. Yeah, I really use them as um, mantras. You know, I use them as like I mean, that was another thing, I guess, this whole pandemic thing. Like I totally started. I. I started reading self-help books, Vish. No, no. You know what? It, it, I started it happens. Reading... This is what happens. Like, even like, I'm like, Vish, you have so much stuff to get through that you haven't finished. Like, I have on this computer I'm motioning to, there are folders of document pod documentaries that I started and was like, ah, I got to shelf this, right? So all I'm saying yeah. is, at some point, like, a lot of people have been using this time to reflect and get to old work. And I feel like you did that a little bit here, it seems to me, on some level. Last couple of years. I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I did. Okay. Just making sure. Just making sure that's what's going on. It's good. It's not bad. Yeah, but I, but it was kind of – but what was sort of cool is that I was leading into it that way. You know, I, I – Yeah, 2019. 2019, you'd sub- already – Subscriber series, actually, that was it. You know, so I was on tour with Dinosaur Jr. and – because I had to come up with this content, I was recording on the road, which I had never done. Mm. You know, I, I'd always been, you know, the road can be, it's, it's cool. And I mean, the road has always been hard. It's hard for me to be super creative on the road. Like I can come up with ideas, but it's really hard to finish things on the yeah. road. And then it's hard to actually pick up things that I started on the road and finishing at, at home, you yeah. know, but yeah. so, but I had the opportunity to finish a couple of songs on the road, which was like, I'd never done you know, so I was able to do that. There's two songs on the record that I, I recorded in hotel rooms, you know. And hotel bathrooms even, I believe. Hotel bathrooms, which are pretty great. <laughs> I was trying to think of <laughs> I was trying to think of the people neighboring your room wondering like what is going on in that bathroom? Uh <laughs> if they could hear you, you know? <laughs> I know. I just I just didn't care. <laughs> that is a lot of singing in the shower. That guy is having a really it is, long and shower. I I can be I can be very repetitive when I'm in my my zone. I love that's one thing I love about recording and making songs is like just the repetition of the same lines and the do 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 do. I just I love it. It's like it's like it's like this you know mental spa for me. I just I it really it's it's really crucial. Well, for you me you do. had mentioned uh, I appreciate that. You had mentioned the eight track recording you did as a kid, or the the recording onto eight tracks, I should say, eight track tapes. And uh, mm-hmm. you, I think at some point you mentioned tape recorders and tape players uh, that you've obtained. Mm-hmm. Um, this record has, to me, it's funny because uh, I think you put out a Centrodo thing 
uh, a couple years ago. Like, a, did that come out as part of some joyful noise thing? Uh, like, a, some uh, stuff from '92 or something. Anyway, that oh. I think that's something that came oh, out. Oh yeah, not too no, long ago. yeah, I did a couple of self release. Ah, yeah, actually, I did self releases. I did like Bandcamp. Oh, they were self released, right? Yeah, yeah but yeah, they sorry, were but Luby. they were collections of yeah. old older material that I had done that I'd released. Yep. So my point, I, my point is that uh, you know I think for a while in the '90s in particular, you were known as this four track guy, mm-hmm. uh, this home recording guy, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I was listening to the the record, the new one, and I thought it has those characteristics, like it has a kind of to me, like I have a, a, a I have like an association with how a four track recording sounds. Yep. Um, from from you, I think are a real guru in that regard. For <laughs> yeah. us here in Canada, you know, Eric's Trip, Rick White, these yep. kinds of bands, yep. uh, Jim Guthrie, these kinds of people did that kind of stuff, and so you get that sort of ambient. It's like a hiss, and I and all I was thinking is like, did you do any of these songs? Yes, that way you did. Yeah, not on a four track cassette, but I used cassette players. Okay, so I don't what? have a funk. I, w- I would have done a funk. Actually, that's not true. I mean, I I did manage to borrow a four track cassette for one of the songs, which is called "Pause." Because I one one incredibly frustrating thing I find about digital, at least my digital thing, is that I just don't have a pitch control. <laughs> oh, because that was one okay. of my that was one of my big things with four track is like I always fucked with the pitch, you know, like to change the character of the sound. So I did manage to borrow a neighbor's four track for a, a couple of days to finish that song. But other than that, like there was actually several songs that I put on cassette first and then where I would put the, like, the instrumental tracks on cassette and then I would put the vocals because I was like, I just realized it was like, oh, my God, you know, cassette just adds because I had been going character. Th- I'd, gone, I'd gone through this process of exhuming all these old cassettes and then and also just going like, God damn it. Why? You know, like especially my strumming style is kind of. Uh, unique, uniquely harsh, I would say. And uh, I've always struggled to find the right kind of way to record my strumming style in a digital realm. So, that, which basically it means that the last my the last twenty years of me recording my way of strumming and my way of playing has been me just feeling like, well, I I just don't I don't fit this format, you know. I don't and I don't belong in this form in the digital format. I, it really doesn't bring out. It doesn't it doesn't capture my way of playing very well, you know, and I, and huh. I've been thinking about it for a while and I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to, you know, I, I found a fortress. I found a, a cassette player in, in, at a yard sale in my, in my town in 2019. And, and then uh, I, I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to record onto my digital thing and then take it from the digital, put it onto cassette, then back from cassette onto the digital <laughs> And get the best what I consider, you know, I do love digital for the way it captures detail. And certain things are, are the detail is great to capture and other things it's it's nice if you have something that can yeah, make it's the, the ambience, you know, and, and in some way and actually soften it, I would say. Soften yeah, it yeah. soften it and combine it and because the one thing that I I love about my early four track recordings is the way that, that my strumming was captured and the way that it actually it seemed to really work and it and and how I just totally lost that for decades. I mean, what's I the like, deal? I, what's the deal with your strumming exactly, Lou? Like for those listening, like, I mean, I have been listening to your music for a long time and I don't remember th- ever. Well, maybe I did. Maybe it did come to mind. No, I mean, actually. no one I'm, I'm 
the only – I mean, there's some people, but I don't know. I mean, I have sort of a downstroking strumming style. So, like You're like a Johnny Ramone character? I am kind of a Johnny I love the Ramones. I, I do love, too. I mean, everybody does. But, but, but the thing about the Ramones that I think is so amazing is that the music is based – on strumming, you know, and for me, strumming is like, it's something that's, it's kind of unheralded as a, as a, as a form, you know, and then it's, there's definitely like, uh, types of ethnic music that can, that's definitely based on strumming. And I, I don't know, I, I, I watched like, you know, two hours of this instrument from like middle Asia, this stringed instrument. It's not a balalaika, but it's three strings, but the whole thing is based on the entire culture of this instrument is based on the way that they strum and the way that they hit the the instrument. And that's not something that in Western culture, everything is around this sort of ornate picking and this very particular. Fretting? But I've always, yeah. And, but I've always just, I've always just loved this more physical, like kind of, you kind of attack the instrument, you know, and that's why the Ramones were so resonant to me. But anyway, I I developed some strum. There's I have like three or four different strokes that I use. Oh, okay. You know, and there's one that's just like heavy on my thumb, like boom chip, boom chip, boom chip, boom chip, boom chip. You know, almost like a waltz. I don't know what boom chip, boom chip, boom chip. And then one that's like dum 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 dum, almost like a galloping dum 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 dum. And then um, then I do things that are kind of in between that. Yeah. But they both are hard to capture because it's heavy. It's like it's like you know the way that I play bass with Dinosaur Junior is obviously it's just like I'm like big wind up, you know, bam, bam, bam. (laughs) You know, and I'm like, I really hit the strings and I really like, and it's about where I hit them, how hard that, I mean, there's a lot of variation within the way that I strum and it has a lot to do with like what, where it is and look, you know, in relation to the pickups it has to do with, I mean, there's all this, there's a whole thing in my mind that, that is my own method of doing it. I don't, you know, I've had people, I've had musicians tell me that they don't think I'm even hitting the instrument or like, what are you doing? You know, I mean, what, what is that? I have, I've, whatever. I've, some guy from the Jayhawks told me that he didn't, he didn't even think I was hitting the guitar. Anyway, never mind. Doesn't matter. I, <laughs> the point is I have, a, I have a particular way. I have a, I have a way that I developed early on and it had a, you know, and it, and it, and it was, it was like, I came up, I mean, when someone like Johnny Ramone, when I heard the Ramones, I mean, it, yeah, it was like, fuck yeah. You know, like yeah. that guy's – and the fact that his his hand was a blur. And to this day, no one plays like that. People can imitate it, but they don't really imitate yeah. it. They don't really play the way that he plays. Yeah. It's truly unique. And the fact that it's so homespun, it's a folk art, really. It's like it's a – it's not – you know, it has nothing to do with like the sort of musical traditions and sort of almost athletic – way of playing you know it has nothing to do with prog you know progressive yeah, anything yeah. it's just this very it's just a very physical connection to the instrument and the way that it's played and that's my that's my way of playing and so i i have you know with to cut this all short i was <laughs> i used a tape i used tape this time around i was like fuck it i want to actually fucking capture the way i play and i want to be able to do it and and make it sound the way that I want it to sound. So I, I, I was like, I have got to get, I've got to get cassettes. And I had, a, I had a tape player that worked for a little while, and I, I used it all over the. So, record, so people so. who haven't heard the record yet know, like this is a fleshed out record. There's drums of some kind. Some, some of there's some drums. Are they real drums? Or are they uh, fake drums? On um, one, one, one real, one real drum. Okay. Some of it's like the, well, actually no. The others, the, there's one other song that's real drums, but it's just me hitting like a couple of drums i uh i rented an electric dr- i play drums and i i but oh, wow. I, I for a while i i had to practice for some like uh tribute band thing i was doing in guelph 
And I decided, because our house was so small, I couldn't set up my whole kit. So I rented like an electric drum kit, and I and nice. I tried to... Oh, I was also <laughs> supposed to do a... No, that's why I did it. There was a recording session, and the guy had sent us his himself and his guitar really makeshift into the computer. He recorded himself. So his timing was all over the place. But I, to try to... He was like, let's go to the studio and make an album. So to give him a sense of thought like my thoughts on uh, feeling i rent uh, like a way that the songs could go i rented this electronic uh, electric drum kit and i i just okay. recorded myself playing along to his songs and the timing wasn't quite right because his timing was off i was really astounded because i never i never fucked with electric drums i'm a purist i like real drums but it's right. amazing like you with the presets and stuff i was like it's actually not a bad yeah. when i put when i mixed oh. it for him <laughs> i'm like this sounds kind of real have you ever fooled around with one of those things like the physical do you play drums, Lou? I don't even know. No, I don't. Okay. I wish I did. If I played drums, I, I would... I would have... <laughs> if I played drums... <laughs> you don't play... I would have... You, you program I would have, uh, you program I would have never... Or something? No. No? Okay. I mean, I don't have anything like that right now. There was a period where I did have that. I lost a lot of that when I changed my life, I guess. I, oh, okay. I had a lot of things. I had a lot of things that I was able to do, and but a very idiosyncratic way of doing it. And once I sort of dismantled my life and had to put it back together again, I lost a lot of those things. <laughs> but when you say you can't play drums, when's the last time you tried to play drums? Like, have you ever tried to play drums just to... Oh, yeah, no. I pl- actually, I played drums pretty a lot on the Folk Implosion stuff. That's what I, I wondered really, about, yeah. I kind of had a heyday. There was a, there was a time when John and I, like when we made Take a Look Inside and uh, Dare to be Surprised... I drum, I drum a fair amount. That's what on I those. thought. Yeah, yeah, I do. I, but, but, yeah. I mean, and I loved it. But I mean, it's very simple. I mean, but it's. Uh, I mean, I, I can't. I think there's thing. I don't have that drumming gene. I believe there's a gene. Jay, Jay Mascus can play the drums quite well. Can Everybody you? I know can play the drums, <laughs> except me. I mean, <laughs> Jay Mascus is a great drummer. Yeah. You know, obviously Murph, yeah. Jason Lowenstein, Bob yeah. D'Amico, Eric Gaffney. Um, Russell Pollard, John Davis. I mean, the almost, I mean, I am 80% of the people that I've ever worked with <laughs> are actually very, very good drummers. Well, maybe that's why you thought I don't need to do it. I started playing drums because we got it in a penny. We got, I was like at high school, everyone was playing some kind of guitar. No one was playing the drums. So we got like a $200 drum kit in the penny saver and we set it up and I started and I could kind of do it. You so, could do it. You have but, the gene. But, I believe. I don't think it's just that I didn't have to do it. Oh, okay. I believe. I believe that it's like you know. It's like for me when I I, I write songs and I think like, oh, this is easy. Anybody can do this. Yeah. I mean, it's just easy. Like I I always I can see it, and then it's like, then you can encounter the best musician in the world, and they have no idea. I mean, you can encounter someone who's a very talented musician, who has no idea how to write a song yeah. i mean why is that? i don't know why that would right. to me that doesn't make any sense and i think people who play drums are like well <laughs> why can't you just <laughs> do this i just can't it's just like i can't That's i true. can't like i don't i i can't there's a there's a level of coordination that perhaps i could learn the rudiments of but really not really <laughs> Well, you know, it's true. Like, I can't write. No one can write a song like you. Uh, I'll say that. So I didn't mean. I didn't mean to no, lead you to no, that. No, no, no. I'm, I, I agree, though. I'm not. No, we have like. I'm just saying that thirty plus writing, years I'm, of evi- forty years of evidence that no one can write a song like you. So I think well, that's fair. 
but some people can some people write songs easily they just come easily some people are like literally like it's like when you find out that someone you know some of the best you know whatever 13 by big star was written when he was 13 yeah yeah exactly alex chilton wrote it when he was 13 like for some reason he could do that and it's like something that and my my daughter actually right now even my my five-year-old just has some she's got some quirk where she just she makes up verses and choruses and i like I'm like I, there you go. Well, I don't she just happens to do that. I don't I mean that's so it could be just it's just a little little gene you got. A it's little, a gene, little. but I think it's also your surroundings. Like my son uh as I'm speaking to you, we start I just on a whim was like, "Do you want to read a bit of uh for bedtime? Do you want to read a bit of the new Jerry Seinfeld book?" And he was like, <laughs> "Okay." So I'm reading him like Jerry Seinfeld bits from the 70s and now he can't stop writing bits. He just like, "Papa, papa, what do you think of this?" And he's just wow. he's just trying to tell me jokes and write jokes. Wow. So I think there you're, oh. there's if you, if your daughter is like my dad's a musician, what is that? I want to get closer to him and know more about it. Like maybe they're not like I need to get closer to him, but I want to be in his realm. They they maybe that's what they they learn a little bit about. You know, I'm not saying. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, I guess maybe. I, I guess I always just feel like my songwriting process is so private somehow that they they don't know that i do that but maybe i just don't realize that well you mentioned uh that uh where some of these songs came from and we've jumped around uh eras i know that part of the influence or what i understand anyway part of the inspiration for some of these songs was a move right you moved from california to where are you in massachusetts are you in boston proper oh no no i'm like i'm way on the other I'm 90 miles away from Boston. Like Amherst area kind of thing? Exactly. I'm yeah. I'm I'm 25 minutes north of Amherst. I'm yeah. sort of near I'm so near Vermont. I'm near the 91 freeway. <laughs> Highway. Okay. I didn't need a, a specific GPS. Uh, I I'll just <laughs> give it to you. <laughs> no, I'm just curious. So, uh my understanding though is like, yeah, was is that right? Is that accurate that the move from California to Massachusetts impacted your, your these songs in particular? No, it's not I true. Don't. It's not true. It's there's no, there's no. <laughs> well, I mean, although I I guess maybe from the first video that that I well, released. Well, there's the video, this. but my understanding was the song "Over You" is yeah. it's for that video, right? So there was language in sort of some of the promotional materials that suggested yes. that I gave it that language, but I I but I think I wrote the song. I mean, I finished the song. I mean, it, it's based on an old idea, and right. I. And uh, I came up with the con- like over you, oh. and it was kind of general. And then my wife and I, we've been doing these videos, and so we were like, "What do we, you know, we were just we were just, you know, brainstorming about a video for it, and we're just thinking like, what do you think? Of, what is this? What are we not over? You know, what are we thinking I of? See. What yeah. what is what what is this? Because there was kind of a wistful thing about the chorus, like what is this alluding to? You know, what are what kind of images are we in a, a company? this song with and then we both kind of just were like wow you know california <laughs> why 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 did you leave california can you articulate that i'm just curious well cuz i it was my divorce oh, I, okay. you know i you know i changed everything in 2012 and then uh my staying there and trying to i mean i don't know not to get too specific yeah yeah okay sorry i wasn't sure it was just it was tough i had i just realized i just for for the for for my kids and for my family, I just thought I, I needed to go back where we had more support. So, right. um, otherwise, I, I mean, I would I didn't move from California because I wanted to move from California. I moved from California because I it seemed like a necessity at the time. Yeah. 
So okay, but I've I you know I really I I was in California for seventeen years. So yeah, yeah. I think that's when we first started chatting. Maybe is you were still there at that time, and uh, oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, I just to characterize the record in some ways. There's a lot of songs here, by the way. Very impressive Seven, number of seventeen. That's a lot of songs, <laughs> if I might say. That's good. It's really. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, I, well, that's another thing. I wanted to. I wanted to have more short songs. There seems to be a bit of a biting tone. Like, again, we've bounced around eras. I know that, like, some of it uh, stems from your youth. Some of it seems to stem from changes in uh, while you're in adulthood. And we've talked about the pandemic times. Your country's also been very politically fraught. And sometimes when I, if I sort of home in on lyrics from things like Reason to Live, uh, or even more overtly, I guess, uh, All You People Suck, <laughs> which you know not that one doesn't leave maybe as much the imagination but on the other hand i think it does um mm-hmm. would you characterize this as a sort of outspoken of the time record as much as you've like yeah this song's from when i was really a little kid and this song is from you know when i was in my from 1998 do you feel like it's contemporary is there some contemporary emotion yeah. and anger there as well yeah, okay. I mean, I've I've always I've always kind of written political songs, at least to my the way I look at it. Yeah, um, and this one's kind of no exception. And I wrote a lot of songs for Donald Trump on this record. Like I really, yeah, yeah. I, I thought about him a lot. I started thinking about Donald a lot. You know, I just I you know I worried about him. I, I thought about him. I try, and I just I wanted you know I wrote some songs for him that I really wanted him to listen to. Now, uh, is this coming from a place of compassion or a place of what does this guy and his ilk uh, reflect about the country I live in? I, I think it's I, I think it's totally compassionate myself. I really care about I I don't know. My first ancestors that you can tra- you know trace came to this country in you know the 1640s, right? And I deeply Midwestern, you yeah. Know? Like I. Yeah. I mean, we're talking like about as deep, deeply sort of white American as you can get, you know. So I care a lot about my family and that stuff and the way people think. And I don't really like judging people. But but but, but like... were you happy with the job he did as president? Were you happy about the changes he wrought in your country? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, Visha wasn't. <laughs> no, I, 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 no, Visha was not happy with it. I was, I was a little. I, I just, I just think he. I think there was a little bit. Of, there was a lack of compassion that I, that I think is really. Uh, it's it's a it's it's not great, and I I just I I just it's it it broke my heart. I feel I, like I in say. the narrative there was obviously this rancor and anger directed at him, but there the narrative also really was framed around his father. And how he lived up to his father's legacy. So I think there were people who were in that cruelty you're talking about. Or sorry, in that lack of compassion, I think there were people trying to be like, why is he like this? He obviously has no, I, trauma. I was, he has trauma from his family. I was I was like that. I yeah. mean, I read a. I mean, when, before he was elected, I read a lot about him, and I felt really. I don't know. I've I've I've. I feel like I had a. I really worried about him. I mean, that's just honest. That's <laughs> honest to God. <laughs> so I worried about him, and I wrote a couple of songs about him. Privatizes about him. Mm-hmm. 
love intervene is for him. Reason to live is certainly for him. All you people suck is not necessarily. I mean, I, that's just a basic thing. It's like if you don't, I mean, you got to understand that yeah. you don't have to. You don't have to do anything. That's the whole point. <laughs> is that you don't. That's the that's the thing is nobody has to do anything, right. and I don't believe anybody has to do anything. Right. But um, it is always a little heartbreaking when when people. Uh, it's not a little heartbreaking. It's immensely heartbreaking when people don't want to be connected and they don't want to understand that we're kind of, we're kind of all sort of awkwardly bouncing around from the same source. You know, I, 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 you know, I, I I would, I just, I would like, I would like in some way to promote (laughs) the feeling that we need to work together. (laughs) I I feel like you are in a unique uh, vantage point to offer that, that perspective because you've been in bands uh, that haven't all gotten along. You've been, you're older now. You've raised children. Like, I think there's a lot of experience that you get from interacting and working with people, uh, raising people, and also growing up with people. Because most people, yeah. when they're in a young band, when they're young, they start their bands. And so you're growing up in this weird familial environment. And so then you have this mm-hmm. familial dynamic and you can break apart and then come back. I mean, as mm-hmm. we're speaking too, like, as you and I are speaking right now, there's a Dinosaur Jr. record coming out, I think, yep. tomorrow. And that's exciting. Was oh, it tomorrow? I thought it was today first. I put I, I posted that it was today. <laughs> I think it's April 23rd. But okay. how are you feeling about that? Did that turn out the way you wanted it to? Actually, yes. <laughs> it did. I don't know. I mean, I, didn't, I don't really have any particular expectations. I mean, actually, that's not true. I mean, when I go into a Dinosaur Jr. record, I'm always thinking, like, how can I make my two contributions to this one better and and how can i integrate more into what jay's doing and how can i make this a step forward you know and and in this record i my step forward you know speaking of drums and people who drum um you know i think one of my my biggest challenges when it comes to dinosaur junior records is the drums because i kind of have i feel like when i come into a dinosaur junior record i kind of have to have the drums written because uh, you know, Jay writes his drum part. That's the, almost the first. That's the first part of any song that he writes is he records the drum. He he will for a demo he will record the drums and then put guitar over the top of it. And a lot of his songs are actually based on drum hooks. It's a, it's a, one of his great talents as a, a composer. I believe is like his 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 knack for like uh, rhythmic quirks and huh. and you know interesting beats. Like he's just a he's a really inventive drummer and. So I always kind of feel that's sort of a daunting task. I'm like, how to, because if you don't have that, you know, if, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I, I have to have, it's like, I have to have a very specific roadmap for Murph when it comes to these records. So, you know, when I lived in LA, like for one record, I tapped like Dale Crover because he's a, was a good friend. And, yeah. and, you know, I had him come in and we did some demos together that I was able to bring to Jay and Murph. And anyway, I, I, I just... I'm always trying to facilitate the process, make it quicker. So I'm not like taking up a bunch of time, but this time around, I was just like, I always have these revelations, you know, it's like, where you go like, Oh my God. Like I just, I just, whatever, woke up one day or let's say, and I was like, Oh my God, I have to, I have to ask Jay to write these drum parts. (laughs) It's like, I have, this is my next, this is my next step. And my next step into integrating myself and then to becoming my next step forward with dinosaur junior is to, is to ask Jay, to help me write drum parts. And that was actually, I guess, really difficult to realize. 
Do you send him bass parts to write drum parts off of, or do you just say, send no, me some no. beats? Oh. No, I didn't do anything. Like, I mean, what I did was, whatever, I think I texted him beforehand, like, hey, I got some songs, but I really need you to sit down with me and Murph. Oh, okay. And, and I really, I, I need, I'm going to need you to draw, like, help me write drum parts. Oh, okay. And he, of course he was, <laughs> he was just like, sure, why not? I mean, he was so casual about it. It was just like, I was like. I'm like, I couldn't have possibly always been that easy, right? <laughs> because it never did seem because he just he's he's a heart he, we we're kinda like from different planets. We have we almost have like a different language, you know, sure. the two of us. Sure. We just have different uh, angles on stuff. But it worked. But, uh, it works. But it totally worked. He yeah. sat but what was really cool was that it was like, yeah, he came in, he had like a little drum we had I had two little drum we set up two little drum sets in a room. That we usually play in, Murph and I, and uh, I just sat there and I had the songs written, and I just went them over and over, and then he and Murph actually talked to each other and wrote the parts together. Oh wow! And I was like, um, it was so cool. I was like, that in itself, that alone was like, it was really kind of emotional for me. I guess I just. And it really, I think it really helped the song. You know, I mean, I think Jay, and when I hear it, it's like for Murph also to be, to know that like Jay and he and Jay were working together, it really allowed Murph to really play with more confidence. And it made my, you know, simple songs into something where I was just like, wow, this is, you know, because you, I, I need, I think collaboration is what really makes amazing music, you know. So when did this, I, when did this occur? When did you guys do it? Well, this would this would have been this would have been in the the winter of 2019. Oh, okay. Again, prior to you've been yeah, just prior. When's the you last know, it was When's like, the last time Dinosaur Junior were in the same room together? Yesterday. <laughs> well, I guess you've had your vaccines and your masks and all. We're that. all vaccinated. We're yeah. all vaccinated. We actually practice like two to three times a week now. It's pretty. That's awesome. you're you're near like Jay's also in Amherst area too, right? Yeah. He's he's yeah. That's his that's his spot. You know, that's where he. Uh, where he grew up. Yeah. So he, and so where I'm, you know, I'm back in like, but this is, yeah. So I, you know, a couple times a week for the last two or two weeks, three weeks. Was there, like I'll drive yeah, in. like as we're speaking, there was, there were tour dates announced. Uh, yeah. We're, we've, we've kind of, yeah, the management really, you know, and I think, and, uh, you know, Jay and Murph really, <laughs> they really want to get back on the road. <laughs> <laughs> they're just like we want to get back out you know and the management is like the, is pushing yeah. that too so uh if you can so the the record was uh made again another record made pre-pandemic so nothing is there anything lyrically that you pick up on uh in terms of these new dinosaur junior songs that reflects well, my, my song garden i guess i i really i mean i felt when i finished the lyrics for that song or when i finished the vocals for that song i was like something's going on i mean i just and I was on tour with Sebado. I can't remember. I think I may have actually finished the song when I came between. I came home from a tour in Australia where we were we were on the run <laughs> from the virus. Oh, I mean, right, we were like, right. There were like people in hazmat suits. I mean, we were meant. We were in Japan. We were actually meant to go through China at that time. But we were. It was like a day to day. Like, wow, we are fucked. Something is on our heels. Yeah. It was like really intense and and i came home from that and went to the studio a couple times and i can't remember if i finished garden then but garden was like very also kind of a political song and then but also just like you know it's like you know now that it started it might not stop it's like 
so much of it i mean was i was i was just there was i just had a sense of foreboding there wasn't that was political but also uh in a way i do think it was informed by this ominous i don't know okay just, so that was, was written after okay it was looming i guess yeah i you know i could be wrong I'm, and i often am but i it was uh <laughs> i was i was uh you know, I was putting the final touches on that song right up until the till I was not allowed to go the back lockdown. to Jesus. Yeah, okay. So some of it did get made in 2020. The the new Dino well, record, definitely. And Jay's songs, yeah. he he certainly finished. He certainly finished his songs. You know, I even think like "Sweep It Into Space," like the the title. I'm like, that's possibly just oh <laughs> him because he really the last thing that he finishes is is vocals and his guitar leads and he definitely was finishing those things during the, oh, the lockdown. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll all dig into these two, uh, incredible <laughs> records if I might say. Uh, and, uh, uh, I, well, I'll be honest with you. I haven't actually, I'm going to dig into the dinosaur junior shortly. Uh, it was just mm. transmitted to me via my email, <laughs> but, uh, it sounds, I, what I should have said is that sounds cool. I can't wait to hear it and hear what you're describing. <laughs> Your record, I'm very familiar with, and I, I love it. Whole family loves it for what that's worth. And oh, that's great. Uh, if people want to learn more about uh, Reason to Live and keep up with you and your exploits, uh, Lou, <laughs> where where would you like to send them in terms of you know the internet? I don't know. Are you, <laughs> My Instagram. Are you, still, are you still using social media? I am. Yeah. I, I'm a little patchy with it, I guess. Yeah. But if but you could go onto my Instagram, and I mean, I got there's all kinds of fucking content there. <laughs> I mean, okay. and my wife and like I said, my wife and I were you know we were making half hour, you know, holiday specials every. I mean, since Christmas, so we got Christmas, Valentine's, St. Patrick's Day, and Easter. Oh, okay. It's just us sitting on a couch and talking about it, and me playing a bunch of cover songs. Oh, well, that sounds fun. We'll go on there and, and, and doing <laughs> yeah, and doing skit, we're doing skits and. You know, we did a the the Christmas special is like the sort of you know it's it was like it's our little pandemic uh, time capsule. Right. So I mean, I would you know I would yeah I'd, I'd point people into my Instagram and my YouTube if they wanted. <laughs> All right, well we'll follow you there. I should have asked also like so we talked about Dinosaur Junior uh, potentially having tour dates and these records coming out. Do you have other future plans? Like you say, you haven't really, you've been recording, but not writing so much. Well, John, actually, John John Davis and I c- connected during the oh, pandemic. Great. I mean, I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't talked to John since uh, 2000. Yeah, you had a bit of a... <laughs> actually, maybe 1999. Some like, kind of falling it was out a total, or something? Not really a falling oh. out. It was a, it was a, it was a very sad time. Oh, okay. And, uh, and we, we, our, our paths diverged. <laughs> So, oh, okay. but I mean, there was, it was, it was not a breakup per se, although it was absolutely a breakup and it was actually, it was a, it was, it was a real heartbreaker. Well, but, you haven't uh, talked in 20 years, something significant must have yeah, occurred. Yeah. And, but then the pandemic, well, he, I think, you know, Facebook, you know, I mean, Facebook is a, is a wonderful place for old musicians. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to, to reconnect. <laughs> so, I mean, just really really funny little conversations that happen on Facebook between people like I saw that show and I did too <laughs> and John you know whatever just shit like that and then John had a you know he and I were Facebook friends and I started commenting on shit that he posted like oh remember and, and he I guess he just then he just kind of he sent me a Facebook message like hey would it be okay if we talked on the phone and I'm like yeah oh, that's awesome <laughs> I'm like and we started talking on the phone. He's like, you know, um, 
do you think we could maybe we could start sending some music back and forth and i'm like yes john <laughs> that would be really great oh. so so we're going to take about i think we're going to take like about two years to record two songs it's going to be great <laughs> so potential folk implosion activity yeah I would, I would say it's beyond potential at this point i mean we're we're, we're in the midst of composing a couple of tunes it's so. funny you bring this up uh because i love folk implosion first of all uh but one of the big folk implosion projects that still looms large for me is the kids soundtrack. Yep. Um, does that mean anything to you? Did you like that soundtrack? Was it good? Was it fun? Does it mean anything? It was a fairly significant. Uh, it was amazing. It was a big release for you. You had a big single with the uh, natural. Oh yeah, we had a, we had a, we had an actual charting top forty American American top forty. Well, I I've ri- I've written about the record a few times in the last ten twelve years because among other things. Uh, for me, uh, at the time it came out, what was that? Ninety five, probably. I don't remember. I don't remember either. But I was like in my teens, sixteen, seventeen, oh, okay. I think. Oh. Maybe oh. seventeen, eighteen, whatever it was. All this to say, Daniel Johnson on that yeah. record didn't know who didn't know much about Daniel Johnson. Yeah, Slint. Uh, yep. uh, hearing those Slint is it one or two songs? It's definitely Good Morning Captain. One. Yeah. yeah, hearing one. that Slint song changed the way I played drums because I was playing in like hardcore bands, post-hardcore bands and yeah. I heard Good Morning Captain and it changed and and it changed how I sang and tried to sing and it right. really opened me up. Yeah. So my first introduction to Slint and Spiderland which I don't know if either of those things are particularly meaningful to you but that no, it was huge. huge for you too. Okay. <laughs> so, so the kid's soundtrack absolutely enormous. the kid's soundtrack I don't have it on vinyl I'm just looking behind me here in my records is it even can you get it? I, I love that soundtrack. Uh, we we're actually we're one of the other things that John and I were doing was working on a reissue of our our material from that soundtrack, which oh, okay. means not Slint and not okay. Daniel Johnston, but but what our contribution. I mean, we we scored the film. Yes, the soundtrack was actually it was compiled. That was actually Harmony Karine and uh, Larry Clark, but oh. mostly Harmony Harmony Karine mostly because yeah. he was the, sort of the he was the contemporary music fan. Yeah. And, you know, he had, they just had vision. He had a vision of like a slint song being in it. And he had a vision of exposing people to Daniel Johnston. And he really wanted me to score it. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's, that's the, the album is, is, I mean, Harmony really is sort of the mastermind behind the combination of tracks. Oh, okay. Okay. But, but of course it, I mean, yeah, Daniel Johnston and slint, I mean, those were huge things for me too. So it's, it's cool that we were to, you know, it, that was a part I of it. just every time like David Paho or anyone posts about Spider, there's a lot of Spiderland, Spiderland Instagram yeah. posts and like just this constant. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just like really yeah. often, and I, they just put out something touch and go, uh, mm. like some demos of some of the slint, oh, okay. some of those songs. So it just keeps yeah. coming up, and every time it does, I'm like, you know where I learned about that? Yeah, the kids soundtrack, which was just I got it because of you guys, because I was a big fan of yours and mm-hmm. and folk implosion. So. All this to say thank you. I was just going to say thank you. And it's exciting <laughs> to me to hear that you and John are reconnecting. And uh, so I'm glad I asked that question. It's great. Okay. So I've asked yeah. you where people can go. You vaguely told us where we can go to learn about you. Uh, Lou Barlow. Lou Barlow. Instagram. Just Instagram. Yeah. That's how you do it. You search for Lou Barlow. Yeah. It's easy. Lou Barlow Instagram. Yeah. And there's, and then on, you know, on YouTube, I've got a, Bunch of, I like making videos. Okay. Okay. We'll go. We'll too. find. We'll just. We'll just enter Lou Barlow into search <laughs> engines, and we'll figure it out. If there's, yeah, there's not too many. <laughs> Lou Barlow musician. 
Okay. I don't know. That might help. There are some Lou Barlow's. They're doctors. And oh, are there? I didn't know that. I think of you. Know. I think of you as a doctor. I think of you as like my personal doctor, if I might say. Uh, if there's a song, <laughs> there's a, if there's a song from uh, Reason to Live that we can go out on, I was wondering, Lou, could you choose it and maybe tell us why it came to mind? Uh, Act of Faith. I don't know. It's the last song on the record. You picked the last song on the record. That's not a normal move. That's that's why I did it. Is there anything anything <laughs> about it that you want to say? Like anything about? I'm, I don't know. The last time last time I heard it, it sounded good to me. I don't know. <laughs> 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 I listened to. It, I was like, you know what? That's pretty good. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I I have a really. I mean, making records is what I love to do, but it's also like it's always really heartbreaking because I. I'll make a record and I'll be like, this is, you know what? I think I really did it this time. I think I really made a record that's good, you know, and I'll be, and then, and, but that inevitably there, there's someday I'll hear something and I'll be like, ah, I didn't, you know, I have, I have to then go through the process of like dissecting it and realizing its shortcomings. And, and it's always a sort of, it's a nest, it's a very necessary, but very kind of like heartbreaking process <laughs> because I want every, I want every record. I'm like, maybe this is the record that'll help me, you know, just, make my life easier or something you know it's interesting because there's a few of the lyrics seem uh from this song all together lost in a familiar way torn apart scattered in the same display makes me think of like the way you and i are interacting right now uh you know like we're <laughs> we're together but we're not and i wondered if it might be related to i feel like it's not that's not where that song is coming from but it does feel like this no, i mean i i recorded i mean i finished i I initially did the song. I recorded the song initially, like in a hotel room. Okay. And and then San Diego, but then I had to redo it during the pandemic. Oh, okay. So, okay. But it's it, it's but yeah, it's not. But I don't know. You know, I mean, I've just had this for the last couple of years. I've just had this fucking ominous, <laughs> ominous feeling in that song, "Act of Faith." Definitely. But you know, it's also. But it's it is like, you know, you we do have to put so much faith in these things, and that's yeah. And in, in life, and I mean, I'm so getting anyway. vaccinated tomorrow. And I'm a little nervous about it. I'm nervous about the days after more more than like. I didn't have it. I you know I, I know everyone's got a different thing. It's just this the one I'm yeah. getting. Some people have had it. Like I've been. I just everyone's got a different. We're all we're all different. So some people. I thought the Moderna. I thought the Moderna one was the real fucking knocky. Oh, is shot. it? Okay, that's what I heard. I'm sure I I'll know. be fine. I don't normally react, and if I'm not, I'll be fine eventually. I'm just. <laughs> All I'm saying is I'm going I in so. going in with an active active faith. <laughs> Lou, uh, yeah, always a, always a tremendous pleasure and and an honor to to see you and speak with you. So thank you for this and oh, no I wish you and your family well and and the best yeah. of luck in the future. But we're going to play Active Faith from this uh, beautiful new record by Lou Barlow called Reason to Live and uh Lou, thanks again. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Act of faith, think of all the things we do Every day, cradled in an ancient tomb We're on the highway, headed for a box called home Where we lie, maybe die alone Never be alone All 
together Lost in a familiar way Torn apart, scattered in the same display There's a lesson, careful of the one you learn Where you're born and when the foundation burns Catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. It's always very nice when you have yourself a show and every once in a while you get to talk to people who are your genuine heroes, people you've admired for maybe more than half your life. And that is certainly the case with Lou Barlow. I mean, Lou Barlow is someone I love very much. It was very nice to have him back on the show. Thank you again, Lou Barlow, for appearing on this, the 614th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find an episode you're looking for, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. 
can like Creative Control on Facebook or or follow the show on Twitter at Vish Creative or follow me directly on Twitter and on Instagram at Vish Khanna. And there is also a TikTok. I can't remember what the TikTok is. I think it's official Vishkana. I don't know if there's any unofficial. There are some unofficial Vishkanas. Let's face it. But I've decided, self-decreed, I'm the official Vishkana on TikTok. So if you want to follow me, I'm just, I don't know. Someone told me to get it, so I'm just telling you about it now. Anyway, there's all those things. Also, you can visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation. To sustain the show, $6 or more a month grants you access to exclusive content. And if you're interested in receiving a Creative Control t-shirt, please message me on Patreon and I'll get you one while supplies last. Maybe I'll start hunting for one of the first times I ever interviewed uh, Lou Barlow. I think I must have talked to him on the phone before. I think. Anyway, we'll figure it out. I'll see if I can find something for you. Go to patreon.com slash creative control to learn more about all that stuff and to support the show. Thanks again to the fine Alberta record retailer Blackbird Music which you can learn more about and place special orders at uh, on their website there, blackbird.ca. Also live at masseyhall.com, where you can watch beautifully captured concerts by some great Canadian and American artists, and also, and international. I don't think they just have to be from Canada and America, but the ones I mostly see are Canadian. But then the other day, there was a Cloud Nothings one, and I didn't even know about it. Anyway, there's lots of stuff there, live at masseyhall.com. Also want to thank Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton for their in-kind support for this show. Thanks, as always, to my friend Jim Guthrie for letting me use some music on the show. You can uh, learn more about uh, Jim and his amazing music at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you for listening to this episode with Lou Barlow. I hope you check out his new album, Reason to Live. It's wonderful. And I have finally spent some time with the Dinosaur Jr. record as well, and I like that a lot, too. It's great. And so, yeah, thanks for listening to this episode with Lou and for subscribing to the podcast if you have or and maybe telling your friends about Creative Control. That helps spread the word about it. All of that means a lot to me. So thank you. I will talk to you very soon. Take care. Bye for now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.